Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Perfect Bound Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related, brought to you by the Panel Jumper and Comic Extension. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is Nicole Lamb. Hello. Chris Casso. Hello. And of course, Mr. Nicole Hornaday. Mr. Nicole Hornaday. Oh, Off to wow. a great start okay. in this brand new show, 2019. <laughs> I'm feeling frustrated right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are the Coles, so, you know. Yeah, it's, I, can't, I, I, I can't berate you for that because that's you just gave me a tremendous call. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Happy New Year's, friends. This is Fair our the rival laughter at the end of the table there, Missy. <laughs> yeah, I'm working my energy out. <laughs> this Sorry, is our ben, first show ahead. of 2019. Of course, it's not the first episode dropped in 2019, but this is the first time that we've been together. So, uh, Happy New Year, y'all. How are y'all doing? Okay. Conscious. Conscious. Yeah. <laughs> what did you I do for New Year's, Ben? What did I do for New yeah. Year's? I uh, went to my theater and set up the video game Rock Band mm-hmm. and rocked a little too hard. I got a blister on my finger, so wow. I feel like Ringo Starr. Some good rocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was fun. I, I only planned to be out... Uh, you know, like midnight comes around, hey, holding time, and then and like maybe hang out for another hour and then go home. But I finally stumbled home at about four. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm the worst at that. I'm like, oh, I'll just stay till eleven, and then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, ten thirty is fine. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Cole? Um, I had um a great birthday, which is on the twenty seventh. And a handful of friends came and drank with me, which is super, including uh, Ben Lawrence. I, I do count friends. him as a friend. And then the <laughs> next night, um, he indulged me in the best possible way. We scored space at Annex Theater, and I screened some of my favorite oddball movies. That's pretty cool. Which, you know, actually was very um, validating for me because I don't think everybody in the room had seen some of these movies. One of them was a recent discovery I made. Uh, it's a Polish rock musical Polish horror rock musical called The Lure about these two mermaid sisters who come ashore and become a nightclub act and um, uh, uh, Criterion put out this uh, edition of it that, and I've, I, that was the third or fourth time I watched the movie oh, really? I still think it's fascinating mm. and then we watched uh, this Russian uh, film uh, hour long piece uh, adapted from a, a Gogol uh, uh, folk tale. Well, Gogol adapted the folk tale. It's called VA or Spirit of Evil. Um, which it's a little longer than an hour. Is it a little longer than an hour? It doesn't feel like a. Well, it's Russian, so it felt long. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but what did you think of Forgotten Silver? I thought Forgotten Silver was great. And I totally could. If you don't know what this is, it's a, um, a Peter Jackson mockumentary Correct. where they find uh, these, uh, this lost film from this filmmaker from New Zealand back in. The 60s? Oh, no, it's silent. It's all silent film. Oh, so back in yeah. like the 40s, 30s yeah, and 40s. 20s, okay. earlier than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, I totally see how if uh, when it Oh, aired, when they actually unearth his stuff. Is that what you were saying? No, I think or I just confused. When the confu- films were fun. I think I just confused yeah. um, his, uh, uh, when they, when they uh, made the film. Keep um, going, you're doing great. But uh, yeah, I totally see how it could be sort of New Zealand's War of the Worlds if you if you just stumbled across it one day on on New Public Zealand television. television. Yeah, <laughs> I do recommend it. Um, before Peter Jackson made his blockbusters like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and whatever that uh, London on Wheels movie that's out right now is called, um, he actually did some uh, very clever and innovative films. He got a grant from the uh, New Zealand uh, uh, Industry of Film uh, to make this mockumentary. Um, I don't know if they actually t- there are extras on the video that, that give you the backstory on it but basically he, f- he came up with this fictitious character named Silver who uh, uh, 
unbeknownst to the world at large, uh, made all the groundbreaking innovations of not only silent film, but color film and all these things. And it's all done in this really tongue-in-cheek twist, but it's just this close to being, to feeling real because mm. everybody's so committed to the story they're telling. So I yeah. recommend it. That was great. So, uh, <laughs> but let's start talking okay, comics, Okay, sorry, friends. yeah. Um, we didn't even get to what I did in New Year's because it doesn't matter now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can talk about it in the next episode. Um, and I normally clear this with you guys when uh, before we roll, but I'm just going to drop it on you. What's new with the Comics Dungeon these what? days? Anything going on? Uh, we just got out of our end-of-year sale, and so now we're in that... Uh, reconstruction period and, <laughs> and gearing uh, up for uh, Emerald City Comic Con soon. It's gonna be right. coming yeah. up pretty soon, so yeah. yeah. We have a ton um, of back issues that we have to sort through in uh, Corner Comics, so we'll have some pretty good bins at the convention this year. Cool, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, as usual, we have book clubs here at Comics Dungeon, it's every third Friday, so January 18th is the next one. We'll be reading and discussing um, Lockjaw, Who's a Good Boy, it's a really fun miniseries. We probably talked about it on the podcast. By Daniel Kibblesmith? Kibblesmith, which is yeah, a great yeah. name for doing a, a dog book. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I actually read that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then February 15th, hopefully people aren't doing uh, Valentine's things, because we'll be reading Berserk. <laughs> It'll be oh, I didn't realize that was going to land there. That's perfect. It's, I'm feeling really <laughs> yeah. good about that one. And then March is to be determined, but probably going to be Mr. Miracle. Mm. Seems to be the consensus. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, there's just not much right now set up for the store for the next couple weeks. So right. Which is yeah. fine. We yeah. have a lot of work to oh, do. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, but yes. there's still things to buy and enjoy. There's oh, a yeah. lot of things to buy. We'll so talk many about things. them soon. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yes. I like I, I I of course have uh, liked the comics dungeon and corner comics pages on Facebook and every once in a while I will get a message from you saying yeah, so it was a large shipment, yes. shipment this week. If you have a box, please come <laughs> clean it out. Yeah, that had two weeks in a row because the shipments kept on getting bigger, and I didn't realize that was going to happen. So I was like, yeah. yeah, remember what I said last week? Get in here now. That, happen- that so, happened yeah. in Corner, except it wasn't towards subscri- subscribers. It was like, seriously, I have no room. You need to come and buy all this stuff. <laughs> uh, I did forget to mention we did uh, start a Instagram page for Comics Dungeon. Um, so follow that. I will be. I post more regularly there. It's a little bit easier for me, and then I can just copy the link and post it on Facebook. Is um, the handle just Comics Dungeon? Yes. Okay. Yes. At um, Comics Dungeon. Yep, yep. I also noticed there's just more people. That, Facebook does a weird thing where you don't know if your stuff's making it out to the audience anymore. Yeah. Um, but with Instagram, people are following you. They, they want to pay attention to you. And yep. I'm getting plenty of likes, and all I do is take pictures of shiny things. So it's like, <laughs> keep going. Shiny things sell. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. Well, uh, if you're listening out there, you want to stay informed, subscribe and like the Comics Dungeon and Corner Comics on all the uh, on all the things you subscribe to. Links are, of course, in the show notes. Uh, let's get on with the news, friends. And uh, recently, IDW had um, brought Transformers to a close. You, uh, Chris, you, uh, I think you reviewed the last issue. Yeah. Well, what I didn't know is they were apparently... Bringing it back. Yeah, it's... Well, so the whole reason they ended the universe was because somebody over at Hasbro, then the corporate section, was just like, well, we have to 
you know, this is nice, but we have to do something that actually lines up with what we're putting out. So they wanted to, uh, I don't get their synergy going. <laughs> and so the new comic lines up with the new toy lines. Um, <laughs> Convenient. Yeah. And the new toy lines all about going back to the start of the war on Cybertron. So it's called Siege for Cybertron and, uh, or see, War of Cybertron, Siege of Cybertron. They do them like in quarters. They change the name up every quarter. Okay. So the comics will start they look exactly like the toys i noticed the new toys so it's just like oh okay corporate synergy um what do you think about that (laughs) i get it yeah i comprehend it Mm -hmm. i will see what they do with it Mm -hmm. but you were so happy with how they concluded the war and 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 they, I guess I was I, I was kept picking up on how much you enjoyed the maturity how that story was told yeah. when you considered that it was hey it was about corporate toys yes and they actually you know they 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 told some mature stories and and you were quite impressed with them and you felt some satisfaction that they 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 concluded this epic and laid it to rest and then a week later. Did you know that was happening? I knew they were going to do a thing. Okay. It's just we didn't know what the thing was. They delayed their announcement for okay. some reason. Right. Um, I think it's th- kind of funny we're getting after Transformers for selling toys, seeing as how no. that's why well, they existed in the first exists, place. Yeah. No, not, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> in any way perturbed by that. What I'm what I'm um, impressed with is that through two can we say two generations of of, of toy uh, production oh, manufacturing or three generations? Yet, like six or seven now. If, if, I mean, for the the people who grew up, oh right, playing with the toys, and then you know, two, two maybe. From the oh, I see. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I was thinking about this today, that how how the storytelling around a a, a, a product matured into something more mm-hmm. than just selling that plastic toy. Yeah, it's what happens when you get people who love it and you let them run run wild with it, and mm-hmm. they grow up with, it. and they grew up with it, right. Yeah. And they embrace it, and yes. then the corporate's like, "Hey, why not?" You know, they go with it. You right. know, that, that's that's the thing I was always most impressed with. Whoever was making the connection between Hasbro and IDW was just like, "Ah, oh, you want gay robots? Go for it. Mm-hmm. Make them all gay." Just like, <laughs> "Okay, thanks." Um, <laughs> I will. Yeah, well, all right then. Um, so yeah, th- that's the thing. So they ended everything well, and they definitely uh, they they let the writers finish their stuff. So you felt conclusion Mm -hmm. but i did feel like all the writers were like we probably could have kept going Mm -hmm. but you read all their goodbye letters and they're like man we were we felt by the time we made it to number six we were lucky Mm -hmm. um so at any point they're they're not going to bite that hand they're going to be like you gave me 80 issues thank you (laughs) um but you could tell most of them were like i could have gone for 500 more (laughs) um so that's the part of me that's sad about that it just depends if they if they do good work on the next one it's going to be written by brian reckley and art by Angel Hernandez and Ron Joseph. Do you do we recognize those names? No. I thought the writer was credited as some other a fantasy medium. novelist from Scotland. Yeah. Described writing the series as a real privilege. Yes. Okay, we'll see what he can do. That that's like the most generic thing. Yeah. He he writes this genre and he lives in this location. Yes, those are my credentials. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> so the first okay the first two issues of this new series, which this article calls just simply Transformers, but I guess the subtitle is War Before War and Cybertron. Or... At least that's what the toys are. Siege. Oh, war War of Cybertron and that the first wave of toys are called Siege. Okay. Mayor? So anyway, yeah, it's uh, Bumblebee, uh, who's conveniently getting his own movie That's coming up, is going to be a featured player <laughs> in this like series. It's like they planned <laughs> it. It's like they planned it. Look for those in March. Yeah. 
All right, so end of an era. Uh, G. Willow Wilson has announced she's leaving Ms. Marvel, and so the rebooted Kamala Khan title, uh, The Magnificent Ms. Marvel, is yeah. uh, slated for 2019. Uh, Wilson's last issue will be in February with number 38. Mm-hmm. She uh, is quoted in this article saying she didn't think she was going to write more than 10. Yeah. But here she's written more than 60. Yeah. So uh, it's a pretty good run over five years. Yeah. 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 It is. It just surprises me because she honed that character. Um, Did she not create that character? She did. She did. Along with uh, Adrian Alfona? Right. Yeah, that was the that was one of the artists, and yeah. she also consulted with the editor Sana because okay. Sana is right, right, in right, the right, article right. says that it was right. based on. It just surprised her. me that she's. I mean, I know she's got been uh, hired to, to write stuff at DC Wonder Woman, right? She's, yes. doing, Wonder she's Wonder doing Wonder Woman now. What else yeah. is she writing? She's working for a burger book uh, called Invisible Kingdom, which okay. has Christian Ward on the art. So I'm really okay. excited about that. Christian Ward did the Black Bolt series. Oh, yeah. Oh. We like him. Yeah, that. Um, which is funny because the new writer is Saladin Ahmed, who did the Black Bolt series and is now oh. doing mm-hmm. the current Miles oh. Morales Spider-Man series. Oh, I guess I won't be yeah, dropping that title. Right? We're all buying that title, <laughs> <laughs> I, which I'm fine with. And I, I knew that Miss Marvel was a limited time thing. I knew uh, Wilson would want to move on to other projects, and I think she very much should. Yeah. Um, and I think she's leaving a good legacy, um, and it's in, I think, good hands. Jung on uh, the art also looks pretty good because you want to keep that whimsy. Yeah. Um, and I looked up, I looked his art up, and it looked like it could work pretty well. It feels yeah. like everybody attached to this in some way or another is like, I'm down with this decision. <laughs> yes. So it doesn't feel like anybody's like, oh, I didn't get to tell my story. Yeah. Or I wasn't ready. It's just like everybody's just like, five years, we're good. I feel like it's like an anime panel where they go, I will do the best I can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, senpai. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's exactly the moment with this. So. Yeah, cool. So look for the magnificent Ms. Marvel in March, I guess, is when yeah. it's expected to be on the on the store shelves. I'm ordering it now. Right on, like as we speak. Yes. <laughs> we are on our computers <laughs> typing and talking. <laughs> so um, Marvel's kind of uh, uh, creating canon. They're saying the. Uh, uh, who Anakin's father was in the Darth Vader finale. Unnecessary. Mm. Unnecessary. Yeah. I, I, uh, as I was reading these notes today, I, I turned to my husband, William, and I said, do you need to know who Anakin's father is? And he was like, Anakin. No, I don't. Don't tell me. Well, and it was really one of those silly, silly things that Lucas put into the Immaculate Conception of Shmi Skywalker um, in the prequels, in the, and you know, manipulating the medical, the, medical- the, the force amoebas, the oh, force, yeah. you know, was just plain dumb. <laughs> and it's one of those many things that we resent about the prequels. However, you know, you always got to remember that they were younger people who watched those films and yeah. did not, re- did not, you know, um, vilify them the same way that you know grumpy old adults like me. However, you know, it's is it something we need to know? Is anybody else reading the Darth Vader comic, the Soleil Darth Vader comic? Because I am. I'm not, but I know what happens in right. Yeah, No, I've been reading every issue. And <laughs> Spoilers and, were posted when the yeah, show was yeah, well. yeah, yeah, and I, I posted on the, the Panel Jumper Facebook page, and I put spoilers all over it. Um, do we really need to know? No. But at the same time, the series has done some really great things with um, connecting 
little dots in the the myth and folklore, uh, or at least the mythology of Star Wars, of like, you know, uh, Darth Vader building his citadel on um, on the lava planet, Mustafar. Like, Mustafar. Thank you, Mustafar. And, That's a uh, great. That's a great castle. Yeah, um, but he didn't do it alone. And there's actually a really great bit that I almost scanned and put on Facebook because the the architect who is building or designing the Citadel to his needs, based uh, also with information that's being drawn from an evil Sith, a disembodied Sith Lord spirit who's a, you know in this mask that takes over people's bodies. Okay, it's cliche, but there's still some fun things happening there. But there is this little speech that this architect has about satisfying... Um, uh, petulant or unpredictable clients, and I'm like, this is not something you're going to survive. Oh, no, you didn't. Okay, so, yeah. uh, you know. So there is, there's, a, there was some, there was a lot of redeeming things about this series because well, you kind of think, yeah, do I really need to read a series about you know the 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 the, the past of Darth Vader? I'm like, nah, yeah. Yeah. but I enjoyed it. There's enjoyed a, it a there's lot. a section that uh, describes Vader's journey when like because he witnesses this <laughs> moment and it, it and he's like going through and seeing all these like like the formative moments in his life. And it's like, oh, it's like he's Scrooge on Christmas Eve <laughs> looking through all these things. <laughs> but I mean, but there is a panel with with who they say uh, Vader's father is, along with Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm -hmm. who was like a, the father figure to, right. to Vader. Obi-Dad Kenobi. Obi-Dad Obi Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. My, my brain, when you started talking about his journey, I started thinking of Vader journaling as a kid. <laughs> and it just made this delightful fan fiction in my mind. <laughs> Go with it. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, Nobody it's tough understands because me. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because we we uh, we love villain we love villains when we we when they're two dimensional for the most part we love them Less to be is evil more, right? but we precisely yeah. but we don't need to learn anything more about them for fear of empathizing with them and shifting the balance. But and, I like an empathetic villain too. Sure. But you know, changes it up. They a can't bit. all be Spike in in Buffy. You know, you can't, or even Angel, <laughs> or know. can mm -hmm. they? Or like yeah. a Killmonger or something like that. Right, I thought he was right. empathetic, even though True. he was extreme. But you know, you got it. I guess what I'm saying is, in the right hands. Yeah. And when some, yeah. with a character like Darth Vader, everybody's got his hands on him. Right. Their hands on him. There's a lot of They're cooks very in that handsy. kitchen. Yeah, it's all very handsy. What, what did so. you say, Chris? There's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. There so. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, too, too many cooks. cooks. Too many cooks. <laughs> yeah, you know where I was going. That will that. never escape my brain now. <laughs> the Darth Souffle might come out kind of weird. It showed up. <laughs> the Darth Souffle. Yeah. It showed up. The Too Many Cooks Adult Swim thing showed up on my queue and uh, and YouTube. Like, maybe you want to watch this again. And I had to quickly shuffle through it so my husband wouldn't find it because he'd probably want to watch it. And I was like, I can't. I can't, I can't do it again. It's too much. It's too All many right. cooks. So, uh, so, so, <laughs> Darth Vader has a father now. If you care, go read Vader number Daddy, what thirty-five, twenty-five. So, I think yeah. it's twenty-five. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Paper Girls is coming to an end in <laughs> July. Brian K. Vaughn's uh, uh, really popular title that that started. We probably talked about it starting because we've been doing this for so long. It was around yeah, it actually in 2015. reviewed volume one somewhere at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of the key image books are ending. Yeah, We're getting... but Ascender is in the new previews. Yeah, so, so that would be good. That's good. The uh, Paper Girls was our fifth top-selling trade paperback of the year series. Wow. So, yes, it's doing really well. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. A little nervous about it ending. Soon to die. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it'll end well, but. Uh, 
there's some interesting things coming out at Image. I just hope they can gain traction because we yeah. all know in this marketplace, it's a oversaturation. Right. Yeah, yeah, it can be difficult. Uh, cool. And uh, finally, I saw something online recently that I wanted to ask you all about. I saw a personalized, pretty lo-fi video that Chip Zdarsky recorded for the store. If you haven't seen this, it's really charming. How did that come about? Uh, I had a customer tag me with a Twitter post from Zdarsky, and Zdarsky just kind of made a quick photo of himself doing it for one store. And he was just kind of like, hey, if you want one, just, you know go to my website or, or ping me on, on the Facebooks or the Twitter. And uh, I replied to the customer, like, I'm kind of afraid to do it. <laughs> I don't know what we'll get. So I went ahead and went to his website and, and just threw in the request. And then I got a, an email four days, five days later and uh, with a little attachment and, and just not much of a write-up under it. And I was just like, is this a virus or is this a... <laughs> and yeah, and just had a nice little one-minute weird, weird little <laughs> thing of him stumbling on himself. So uh, that well, was what, nice. I didn't even watch it. What does he say? Oh, he said something about uh, how our store's name is kind of sexy. And that's great because Daredevil's going to be kind of sexy. And uh, <laughs> did he just... <laughs> yes, he just plugged his own comment. Well, no, I mean that's the point of this whole thing. But oh, yeah, like, yeah. did he did uh, did he just recently come to Daredevil? Has been writing Daredevil for a while. It's forthcoming. Isn't it's it? forthcoming. Okay. Yeah, they just finished the Charles Soul run, and um, is it Soul or Soule? It's Soul. I actually asked Charles Soul at Comic Con. Okay, well, How I do you say your name? Because I called you Soule <laughs> earlier. Yeah, he finds some really interesting. I, I told him. I called him. Um, Seal, and he was like, yes. "That's a new one." <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know." It just, yeah. So anyway. he he's finishing his run, um, and so before they relaunch, because they got a relaunch uh, with Zdarsky, Zdarsky's gonna do like a five issue weekly miniseries called "The Man Without Fear," which is just gonna deal with Matt Murdock at different points in time in his life, and then it's full on Zdarsky after that. Um, so yeah, is it, it looks like fun. Uh, when they relaunch it, is that they're going to be another Daredevil number one? Yes, oh, because <laughs> we can't <laughs> yep. we can't not. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, let's move on to book report, everybody. Um, Cole Hornaday, let's start with you. What do you want to tell us about? Oh, uh, let's see. I'm trying. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Big can of stinky worms. Um, easy exit stage left. Big can of stinky worms. Okay, so we all know that um, I am uh, quite the fan of, of Tom King. I've, I've, I've sung his praisins. Uh, praisins. That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> this one's full of praisins. It's when raisins. your praise turn into raisins. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They get all dry and wrinkly. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, for like the vision and uh, his work on the vision and... Um, uh, Mr. Miracle. So I've been branching out a little bit. I have not touched the Batmans because I'm actually collecting the Batman and trying to and want to read them in like a, a relative one fell soup, if possible. One fell soup. One fell soup. Ooh, that's Ooh. a good soup. Yeah. yeah um, soup. But I did read um, uh, the Omega Man uh, trade paper. It, uh, the Omega Man end is the end is here trade from. Uh, I think it's collected from 2012. Is it that far back? It's pre rebirth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, this was uh, written by King and drawn by Barnaby Bagenda or Bagenda. I'm not quite sure. Um, and <laughs> like then there are lots of uh, there are lots of other um, uh, fill-in artists like Toby Cypress, Iguara, Jose Marsan Jr., um, and uh, and numerous colorists like. Uh, 
Romulo Fajardo Jr., Tomeu Mori, and Hi-Fi. Um, so this is uh, this was a, a tough series to read. Um, I did a little bit of looking on the internet um, uh, to sort of like gauge, I'm sorry, it's from 2016, to 15 to 16, um, to sort of like gauge what people were talking about, how they felt about this series, because um, I did not enjoy it. I found it to be pretty tedious and missed its mark. And with um, somebody, the, uh, like a, with a writer like Tom King that I'm very, very fond of, um, that was tough. So basically the story is Kyle Rayner, former Green Lantern, now White Lantern, is entering the Vega system, which is verboten uh, for the, uh, the, the Green Lantern Corps. Um, and it's run by a religious order called the Citadel, who have a totalitarian rule over all the planets. Oh, by the by, this is like the third iteration of the Omega Men series from going back to the 80s in the original, I think, Keith Giffen series, if I remember correctly. Um, I've never been a big fan, so, um, but what I did notice with is that they had uh, all the characters from the original series, save two, that they, uh, uh, that they killed off before the book even started, yet they felt obliged to give the little deceased stamp on Nimbus and Harpus on the back, though they're not featured in the story, which is kind of confusing to me. Anyway, so, uh, so, Kyle Rayner has to enter uh, the uh, Citadel, or the Vegan system, the Citadel space, without his ring. Um, and he's there to help negotiate a peace treaty or something like that. And they, uh, the Omega Men kidnap him and kill him over, uh, over uh, the airwaves. Or they make it look like he's been, he's been killed. Um, but it's all part of a plot by, uh, by the Omega Men to help uh, ultimately overthrow the Citadel. So all of the Omega Men are for di from different cultures that have all been uh, under uh, tyrannical rule of the Citadel, uh, victimized, enslaved, tortured, what have you, which is not too unlike the original series. Um, and why Rainer is incorporated in this or indoctrinated into this process, I still was never clear. What the comic book tries to do is open up a discussion about fanaticism, faith, and and uh, terrorism, and it's a very thinly veiled metaphor for um, the the the, the, the socio-political experience of the Middle East since before any of us were born. Um, I found it really to be really trite and pasty, and one of the reasons I found it to be so trite and pasty was that yes, these are all characters are all very fanatical and they are violent and vicious, but I didn't care about any one of them. And I was reading this, now mind you, the book did make me think, but it made me frustrated because of where it fell down in its narrative. Because, you know, sometimes I make the mistake of expecting that a comic book is going to tell me more about something than it's willing to do. I always, I, sometimes I give a comic book story too high a ceiling. <laughs> and, um, but one of the things I was doing when I read this is I was thinking about 9-11 and when I watched the towers fall. And frankly, the first thing that went through my mind when the planes were hitting the buildings was not, oh, those vicious barbarians. The first thing I thought was, why do they hate us so much? What have we done? And I wanted to get something like that out of this book. If you were going to open up this kind of discussion, if you can give me a metaphor, a thinly veiled metaphor for, um, for Middle Eastern fanaticism um, and, and faith, then, then do it. Don't cop out. And I went and looked at a lot of reviews online, and what I saw was a lot of uh, white male uh, privileged people writing these reviews and comparing it to Watchmen. And I was actually kind of offended by this um, because I didn't think they were even close. So, and one of the things that I was thinking about, well, what would have improved this story? And I think one of the biggest problems I had with the story is that Kyle Rayner is still positioned as the great white father figure. 
the religious faith system in the Vega system is uh, um, the alpha and the omega. There's these polar opposites of a belief. And he, he says there's a third way of looking at things. And I'm like, OK, fine. But he never really offers us a third way of looking at it. And I'm like, we have so many Green Lanterns of color. And then why are we repositioning Kyle Rayner as, you know, before long, he's, we notice he's wearing a crucifix and he's talking about his faith and Catholicism. I'm like, what, what, that was part of his belief system? But there are so many other Green Lanterns. And I went and looked. It's like John Stewart. And I was like, that would be really interesting if John Stewart was telling this story as a, as a black man. He was busy. Or, he was busy. Or Jessica Cruz. She was busy. <laughs> she wasn't even created. Or then. Simon Bass. Okay. This is way before that. All right. So I, I think your, your, your ceiling was super high. Yeah. And also, this is one of his first projects, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, so what I so one of the things I came away with is that I love Tom King's storytelling, and I think that his gift, at least as he's as he's developing his storytelling storytelling skills, is for families and more intimate relationships and exploring those things. Um, uh, so I also had a terrible time with the fact that the art was really inconsistent. And when you're reading something like a 12-issue series month to month, um, I don't think I would have caught that. But when I'm reading it back to back, um, you know, Begenda, I think he drew most of the issues, but frequently there was a different colorist and things like that. But when his work was on, it was so beautiful, but then it would fall off on the next issue. So mm. um, I had other issues, but I don't need to take up any more time. <laughs> um, I still really, really love Tom King as a writer. Um, I welcome anyone disagreeing with me, and I'd love to hear uh, how you feel if you've read this series. Um, but that was my takeaway, and um, it's not bad. It just didn't work for me, and it kind of made me mad. All right. So, if, yeah, if you want to uh, compare opinions with Cole Hornaday, email us at perfectboundpodcast at gmail.com, and I will make sure he gets the message. Thank you, Cole. You're welcome. Chris Cassell, what do you got for us? I read a manga called Wonderland. Um, story and art by Yugo Ishikawa. Um, so I ordered this one because the, the, the brief write-up in the order form was, was kind of like, what? Okay. And uh, essentially it follows this young girl who uh, wakes up one day and she's been shrunk. Like she's mouse size. And her big old hairy dog like immediately comes to her and Aww. smells her and licks her and recognizes her. And she like tries to look outside the window. She gets on the dog's back. And there's like a billion crows flying throughout the city. And so it turns out everybody in the city has shrunk. And uh, that sucks because <laughs> like her house cat, it just thinks it's playing with the mom and dad and it straight up mauls them. Um, like just bats them to death. And the crows are just eating everybody. And all the stray cats, it's a smorgasbord. Oh, man. Um, so it's it's a pretty uh, harsh, uh, oddball horror book. And um, the girl just tries to go and survive with her dog. And it's just a dog. It doesn't know what's up. So she's trying to get him to do commands while she's all of... I'm going to guess four to five inches tall. She's like Star Wars action figure size. No, and there's three and three quarter three inches. Three and three quarters, maybe? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but she stumbles across this, uh, this uh, weird person who's dressed up in armor with cat ears and with a sword. And it turns out that it's maybe an American. She's speaking a weird language. And, uh, and 
she could only say a couple certain things and it turns out like the ears are just like cosplay so maybe this is just some weird american girl who got shrunk and like they're like okay she's got a sword just follow her um so yeah it's just following the tales of as they come across all these other people and trying to survive they go to the toy store the toy store gets really weird because there's a group of guys who have gone full-on mad max oh, like they're huffing glue and they're riding cars and they're they're basically rounding people up so they could do what they want with them um so yeah and then like the government's no help the government looks like they're just finding people and killing them so that's the start and it's like <laughs> i don't know where they're going with it Is so that like volume one volume one X. yeah i don't i don't know how long it's supposed to go um but the best thing is like all these cat faces they're just so like some of them are pretty derpy and some of them are pretty evil looking um and yeah like never trust a cat i mean <laughs> if you were small never trust a cat well, that's um, <laughs> you've seen. You remember the Incredible Shrinking Man, the mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's his wife thinks that's what's become of him is that the, the house cat. You got him, yeah. but he yeah. just got so tiny he disappeared. Look at those cat yeah. faces. I, those are you know, when faces. I was a kid, one thing I wish I could do is ride my dog like a horse, and so that's yeah, she gets to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's older teen, twelve ninety nine good prize for it i mean it's a relatively quick read but you kind of go back because the art's nice and detailed and uh but there it also feels like there's some weird mystery stuff like other than why are they shrinking but like that's the crows go insane like there's well, way more crows than there should be she drink from a bottle that said drink me on it oh, <laughs> never yes. do that yes okay <laughs> it does kind of look like alice in wonderland back yeah. there so. yeah. all right well thank you chris and uh finally nicole what do you got for us so uh, we made our 2018 lists probably too early because my top issue has got to be Fantastic Four number Uh-oh. five. Uh, Excellent. Uh, it is the official wedding issue, not to be confused with Fantastic Four, the wedding special uh, yeah. that happened right before number five. Uh, so this, yeah, Stanley is everywhere uh, this month because of his passing. Um, so Dan Slott is currently writing Fantastic Four, and it's been really, really solid. Um, this particular issue has Aaron uh, Cooter? Cuter. K-U-D-E-R. K-U-D-E-R. I say Cooter. Okay, I'm going to go with that. Um, Cutter, just to be contrarian. Thank you. Good. Good to have (laughs) options. Lots of options. Um, And then uh, Marty Garcia and Eric uh, Arcienega are the color artists. And then there's a couple different artists that are also splashed in here to tell different stories. There's multiple stories happening in this issue. Um, One of them is called Change Partners, and it's by uh, Mike Michael and Laura Allred, um, and that's a flashback issue. And then there's Guys Night Out that is done by Adam Hughes. Um, and the main cover is by Asid Ribic, but um, I got the uh, Mark Brooks cover, which is very, very cute. Um, and so this is um, them getting ready for the wedding. And then there's also stories that happen like, hey, remember when we did this thing? Um, uh, the the flashback with Allred is a story between uh, Ben Grimm and Sue Storm as kind of this like potential unrequited love that never really happened. Um, and there's um, some stories of when they had first changed as well. Um, and some of Alicia's past, uh, because her father is the puppet master and had used some like magic clay to do some bad stuff. Radioactive clay. Yeah, radioactive clay. Magic clay. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and there's just, uh, I think the thing that is the best about this issue is it's all heart, it's all family, and it's so beautiful, I actually stopped and sobbed. I was, it was so emotionally moving to me. And there are some other people I will not name that also cried <laughs> who read this issue. That you live with. That I live with. I haven't read it yet. Oh, I think I know who that is. <laughs> I have one roommate. <laughs> um, so the good thing about this is when they were when they were uh, advertising it, they said seriously, this is not a gimmick because 2018 is the year of the wedding gimmick, where and the bait and switch of hey, they're getting married. Oh, actually, no, runaway bride. Um, in a lot of instances, this is where it even gets to the point. It seems like the wedding's going to stop. Okay, I guess we're going to have to do something. And then it's, no, stop! We're getting married! <laughs> Hurry, put the rings on! <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Dan Slott would have killed somebody at Marvel because yeah. he said he wanted to do the marriage 10 years ago yes. when he was doing the Ben Grimm series. It's really? a long... T- Jesus, next door. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are picking it up, but there's some construction happening yep, or something. They're drilling into something. Yeah. So <laughs> They're going to come through the wall. <laughs> so it's highly recommended. If you have any context of the Fantastic Four, I think that you could read this issue and get it because there's flashbacks and then there's a marriage. There's a wedding. So you don't really need to know stuff. Um, I was discussing it with my husband, William. That who shall not be named, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he said that you know if if you've read a chunk of stuff, there's a few things that pop up in there that uh, is a bit rewarding. Like there's a uh, a wrestling match and like some other things that happen that are if you've read Fantastic Four, you've seen stuff pop up before. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't really caught that, but it doesn't impair you in any way. So this is definitely my top issue of 2018. Um, it just slided in. It was like the <laughs> last week of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I highly, highly recommend it, especially if you like uh, emotional, evocative stories about family and togetherness and people loving each other. I can't stand that stuff. I love it. I'm kidding you. So Fantastic Four number five. Cool. Great. Thank you, Nicole. Yeah. Well, that is Book Report, and that is our show. Coming up is quiz time. But before we go, I want to tell you that the Perfect Bound podcast is brought to you by The Panel Jumper. See everything Cole Hornaday and I do at thepaneljumper.com. Exciting news about that website coming up next week, as well as Comic Extension here at 319 Northeast 45th Street in beautiful downtown Wallingford, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at comicextension.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or however you get your podcasts at perfectboundpodcast.com. Send us an email, perfectboundpodcast at gmail.com. And our friends, get your, get your quiz, on its quiz time this week the questions come to us from me what all right so since we talked about both transformers and star wars in this episode i'm gonna ask you about the toy line star wars transformers yes from 2005 through 2012 hasbro produced a toy line where star wars vehicles transformed into robots based on star wars characters i had no idea this was a thing until now so i'm going to give you a star wars vehicle and you have to tell me what character it transforms into I'm just, you had a lot of these you can probably guess, but maybe you even know these. So here we go. Number one TIE Advanced Fighter. Darth Vader. It is Darth Vader. Number two, X Wing. It is Luke Skywalker. Number three, Slave One. Boba? (laughs) Or Django. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There were two of them. (laughs) Number four, a Sith Infiltrator. Mm. Palpatine? No. You're on the right track, though. Uh, guard? Red Guard? Nope. No. The Darth Vader. 
Uh, Darth, Darth Maul. It is Darth Maul. All right. I wasn't going to let you go on too long. Darth All right. Darth. Darth Darth. <laughs> and finally, I was going to try to make a joke where the uh, the toy actually can operate it without having to use your legs. And number five, oh. Millennium Falcon. Chewbacca. Han Solo. You both are correct. What? It's a twofer. Oh, like it flips really? or something? No, it's a, a, a the Chewbacca mech and the Han Solo mech combined to form one oh. Millennium Falcon. That's pretty great. All right, well, check these toys out. And, uh, well, that is quiz time, and that is our show. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.